Welcome to Spooky Britannia, the podcast where two Aussies tell each other ghost stories. This is my friend Claire. This is my friend Ellie. (laughs) Are you feeling spooky, Claire? Very spooky, Ellie. I'm already spooked. I can't wait to hear your ghost story. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. As we discussed previously, yes, I'm not very spooky as a person. It just isn't my forte. Okay. <laughs> not your area of interest. No. <laughs> but I have a story for you. Oh, my goodness. Called The Selkie Bride. <gasps> spooky. Long ago, on a wild Scottish coast, a fisherman spent all day at sea but only caught a few very small fish. Bugger. (laughs) That is exactly what he said. (laughs) As the sun began to set, the fisherman still only had a meager catch, Mm. but when night fell, he rode to shore and beached his little boat. As he walked towards his little cottage across the pebbly beach, he heard beautiful voices singing a sweet, high, lyrical and lovely tune, a song more beautiful than any he had ever heard. He turned towards the sound and saw what few have ever seen. There, near the water, a dozen selkie people were laughing and playing and singing. Oh my goodness. The fisherman could not believe his eyes. Few ever saw the seal folk who now and then cast aside their skins and took on human forms to play on shore. The fisherman stood and stared, but when the selkie people noticed him, they quickly dived into the sea and slipped beneath the rolling waves, disappearing from sight. I must be dreaming, said the fisherman aloud. Bugger. (laughs) (laughs) And again he turned towards his cottage. But something nagged at him, so he turned again, and this time he noticed something sleek and shiny lying on a rock. Oh no. He walked closer, and now he saw it was a seal skin. No one will ever believe I've seen the selkies unless I show them this, he said. And so he leaned over and picked up the skin and slung it over his shoulder. As he walked, he whistled, and then he suddenly stopped. My, what a fine penny I'll earn by selling this. Oh, no. That's what capitalism does for men. (laughs) And just as he had said this, he heard footsteps close behind him, and fearing a thief, he quickly turned to look. Now, there was no thief behind him. Instead, there was an exquisitely beautiful young woman standing there, but she was weeping so hard it nearly caused the fisherman's heart to break. Beautiful lady, he said, why do you weep? Because you keep objectifying me. (laughs) Because patriarchy. (laughs) She sniffed and looked into his eyes. Kind sir, she said, choking back tears. You have my seal skin. Kindly give it back, for I belong to the Selkies, and I cannot live under the sea without my skin. The fisherman could not stop staring. You see, he had fallen in love at first sight. Yeah. And because he was a young man and terribly headstrong... He thought he must keep her with him. He clutched the sealskin to his chest, pressing it to his pounding heart. Dear lady, he said gently, be my wife, for I have fallen madly in love with you. After ten seconds. Yeah, I know. And without your sealskin, you'll have to live on land. I'll make you happy, that I promise. Hmm. 
Mm. Mm. So manipulative. Yeah. Please, sir, she cried. My folk will be so worried. I must go home. Never could I be happy on land. But the young man was stubborn and an entitled piece of shit. (laughs) So he smiled sweetly and bowed his head and bent down on one knee. Dear woman, my cottage is a cozy place. I'll keep you warm by the fire. I'll feed you plentifully all the fresh fish you could ever wish to eat. Despite the fact that he caught no fucking fish that day. I bet she was amazing at fishing too. She's a seal. Exactly. I promise you will live a happy life on land as my bride. The young woman felt helpless without her skin. I fear I must go home with you until you return my skin, she said. And saying this, he took her hand and led her to his home. (sighs) That is not consent. No. That is manipulation. Yes, it is. That was not a clear and enthusiastic yes. This is a very spooky story. So spooky. For many weeks, the fisherman kept the sealskin with him, for he feared his bride-to-be would steal it and slip away. Because she didn't actually want to be with him. Yeah. Mm. You should really feel secure in a relationship and trust your partner. Don't steal your partner's skin. Yep. Mm. But after a while, the sweet lady began to settle into this life on land. Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) Yes. And when the fisherman saw she felt happy, he stuffed the skin inside a crevice in the chimney. There my girl will never find it, he said to himself. Another month went by, and they married, and time passed very nicely indeed. They led a happy life, for though the fisherman was stubborn, he was also kind and generous. He truly loved his wife, and he always worked hard to make her happy. Abusers can be nice community-minded members as well. (laughs) After a while, the selkie woman grew to love her stubborn husband, and sometimes she would sing to him. Those nights, he was the happiest man in the world. As the years passed, the couple had seven children. And the Selkie woman loved these lads and lassies with all her heart. Most of the time, the family was very happy, though every once in a while, the children would find their mother on the beach, gazing wistfully out to sea. They would circle her and ask, Mother, why do you look so sad? Maybe because I came down here for some peace and quiet, and you're all fucking (laughs) crowding around me. Jeez. (laughs) And she would shake her head and kiss their foreheads. Never you mind, she told her children. I've only been dreaming too long. One day, the fisherman and his three eldest children went out in their boat to catch fish. The next three walked to the village to buy some bread and milk, and the mother and her youngest son stayed home alone. Now the mother looked out the window and watched the waves crashing on shore. Far in the distance, she noticed, on the slick black rocks, a band of seals playing and barking. She sighed deeply, and her eyes filled with tears. The youngest son ran to her side. Mother, what's wrong? he asked. Whenever you look out to sea, you grow so sad. Without thinking, she turned and said, I'm sad because I was born in the sea. It's the home to which I can never return because your father hid my seal skin. Now the boy, like all children in Scotland, had heard tales of the Selkie folk. So right away he knew what his mother must be. And he ran to the fireplace, reached up, and pulled the seal skin from its hiding place. Good boy. He held it out to his mother. How did you find it? She asked, astonished at the sight of her skin. One day I was here alone with father, and he took this from its hiding place and stared at it. I knew it was special, and now I understand what it is. The woman embraced the seal skin, and then she reached for her child and embraced him. My darling, she whispered, I will always love you. And then, clasping the seal skin to her heart, she ran outside and down to the sea. She slipped into her skin and dived into the bracing water. 
Soon after that moment, as they were heading home, the fisherman and his children rode past a group of seals. As they passed, the fisherman noticed a sleek young seal gazing at the boat, a strange expression on her face. And just as they were motoring out of sight, he heard that seal cry a plaintive sound, and then she disappeared underwater. When the fisherman arrived home, he learned what had happened, and he felt his heart breaking in two. But he understood his son was a loving boy. He was braver and more generous than the fisherman had ever been. Forever afterwards, the fisherman and the children missed the selkie woman, but knowing she was happy in the world where she belonged gave them a measure of joy. Aww, that's that's the selkie nice bride. Ending. Yeah. I love that. Isn't it cool? Do you know much about selkies? All I know is that they're like seal people. That's about it. (laughs) They're just like, there's lots of like spooky, um, like fairies Mm -hmm. and spirits and animal things in Scottish folklore and British folklore generally. But I just love selkies because it's just a seal. Yeah. Like it's it's just a seal. Yeah. But then sometimes it's a human. Cool. And there is this like lots of like deep mythology about how you meet one and marry them yeah. and things like that. And but mostly they're just seals, I humans who want to be seals. seals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful! Yeah. What spooky story do you have for Ooh. me? So I got this ghostly tale from a book called Castles Old and New Edinburgh by James Grant. It was written in the 1880s as a periodical that was like published in the paper bit by bit. Mm. And it is the most Edinburgh thing that has <laughs> ever existed. Someone should publish a copy in Tweed. <laughs> so this is the story of Major Thomas Weir. Ooh. Major Thomas Weir of Kirktown was a native of Lanarkshire, where the people believed that his mother had taught him the art of sorcery. Thomas had served as a lieutenant in the Scottish army and had been sent to Northern Ireland to protect the Ulster colonists. So not a great start. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Oh, Thomas. He was a grim-featured man with a large nose and always wore a cloak of ample dimensions. He often carried a strange and spooky-looking staff, the supposed magical powers of which made it a terror to the community. Thomas was a covenanter, part of a Scottish Presbyterian movement that denounced the Pope and the Roman Catholic Church and opposed all updates or changes to the Scottish Protestant liturgy. He was a wee bit of a zealot, our Thomas. (laughs) And it was said that he became so notoriously regarded within the Presbyterian sect that if four met together, be sure Thomas Weir was one. He never married but instead lived in private lodgings on the West Bow in Edinburgh, just above Walker Slater, our favourite tweed shop, on Victoria Street, with his sister, whose name was Grizzle. Grizzle! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many resorted to Thomas's house to join with him and hear him pray, but it was observed that he could not officiate any holy duty without his black staff in his Ooh. hand. Cut two. Thomas Weir's sickbed, just after his 70th birthday. Shit. Thomas had become ill and also apparently a bit bananas. <laughs> As the doctor knelt by his bedside, Thomas said, Look, it's so lovely to have you here, but I feel like I should tell you, 
a couple of years ago, I maybe sold my soul to the devil. Oh, no. At first, the doctor shrugged this confession off as the delusions of an ill man. But when Thomas insisted that, yes, he definitely did sell his soul, he has a magic staff that goes and does odd jobs for him, and also he is boning his sister, the Lord Provost of Edinburgh got involved. Uh Mm Uh-oh. I'm sorry, his staff did odd jobs for him? Yeah, it used to go down the West Bow and go to the shops and pick up groceries. Oh my God, I would sell my soul for this stuff. Exactly, wouldn't we all? Yes. Yeah. So the major, his sister Grizzle, who I feel like is an innocent in all of this, but anyway, and the black staff were all taken into custody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing the black staff like the um, broom from Fantasia. Yes, me too, actually. I realized until that very moment. (laughs) The major and Grizzle were both found guilty of communing with the devil. The major was burnt at the stake at the bottom of Carlton Hill. (gasps) Oh, my God. And Grizzle was hanged in the grass market. Oh, poor Grizzle. But that wasn't the end of the story for the major. Here is where it gets ghostly. The major's house in West Bow remained empty for a hundred years. What a waste of prime real estate. A hundred years. (laughs) Locals claimed that they saw lights burning in the windows and heard sounds of revels late into the night. Squatters. Maybe squatters. (laughs) Once, a local resident claimed that they saw a demonic horse and carriage pull up outside the major's house and a mysterious figure, all dressed in black, emerge and enter. He's back. People who were brave enough to go into the house claimed that once they were inside, they became disorientated, thinking that they were going up the stairs when they were actually going it's down. An it's an Escher house. I know. A man who finally did rent the house with his young family only lasted one night, <laughs> claiming that a calf entered the bedroom and put its little tiny hooves on the bed. <laughs> which I think is adorable. <laughs> uh, in that context, even I would be freaked out. <laughs> The house was demolished in the 19th century, so people thought that it no longer stood. But we recently discovered that part of the house still exists. It's part of the Quaker Meeting House on West Bow. So if you're ever on West Bow late at night and you walk past the Quaker Meeting House and there's some lights burning in the window and you can hear music playing and people dancing, it might just be... Major Thomas Weir and all his demonic companions. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Happy Halloween from Spooky Britannia.